This episode of the DJ Force X podcast is proudly sponsored by Fixed. Fixed is a fan and artist-friendly independent record label that specializes in hybrid electronic rock. It's home to the likes of Cell Dweller, Blue Starly, I Will Never Be The Same, Witchy Nicks, The Algorithm, Voicians, CD Akira, and a whole bunch more. Check out their latest label sampler for just one dollar. At their official store, FixedStore.com. That's F-I-X-T-Store.com. Save 10% off your first order by using my coupon code FORCEX. That's F-O-R-C-E-X. They have loads of shirts, hoodies, stickers, posters, and many other accessories for all their artists. And this is available worldwide with fantastic international shipping rates to go with that. So head over to fixstore.com and check them out. And don't forget, use my coupon code FORCEX. Hello, and welcome to episode 31 of the DJ Force X podcast. I may create a jingle. I'm just running some ideas through my head right now. But yeah, this episode, we got Rich, uh, the drummer from UK band Hacktivist, who have uh, released a new album called Outside the Box. It's out now via um, Unified uh, Rise Records um, in here in the States and across the world. And um, yeah, we, we chat about the album. We chat about the formation of Hacktivist and um, all kinds of other stuff. They're kind of a gent hip-hop uh, crossover. So it kind of takes it to another level from back of the day where it was just rock and rap crossing over this is like a bit more of a progressive sound um and yeah yeah they're a great band so go check out the album um check it out after this podcast or check it out now and come back to this uh, podcast and hear rich talk about it um but yeah it's a great little interview so uh yeah enjoy that in a moment i uh, just want to recap a couple of things went to go see Skindred the other night fantastic it was lovely seeing those guys uh didn't get to hang out with them as much as i would have liked to uh got to say hello and enjoyed the show and then they had to head back uh to jolly old england after that and uh, of course record store day has also happened as well so for those who uh frequent record stores on a regular basis it's like any other day but for those who like to venture out once or twice a year it's a special event you pick up some special vinyl um i managed to get the deftones b-sides and rarities um vinyl uh, i have it on cd but i wanted the record because there's a couple of tracks on there that i really love uh i also got the iron maiden single uh, the picture disc and uh what was the other one i got i won a prize thanks to banana music down here in st petersburg florida um it was alcohol, so I passed it on to my wife. She also got the t-shirt as well, because that didn't fit me. But I got a sticker, so thank you, Cage Brewery, uh, for that. And my wife will be in there for the free alcohol uh, soon. <laughs> Not painting her in a great light. But anyway, um, oh yeah, I got the Bee Gees, um, Faith No More, uh, I Started a Joke, 7-inch uh, as well, uh, which was great. And I picked up some other bits. I got the um, Enter Shikari album and i also picked up adrenaline by deftones on vinyl as well so uh all in all it was a great day you can check out my instagram you can see the photos of that and some other pickups as well 
Uh, but yeah, uh, what else happened? I went to go see, I interviewed a band called Everybody Panic the other night. They're touring with Head P. Uh, that'll be coming in a couple of episodes time. Uh, I've still got, uh, Seamless, Voiceians. Um, I interviewed Riley from Thrice, which was amazing. Um, and obviously Everybody Panic at Ty and Provo there. So, uh, plenty of podcasts to look forward to. Uh, they're kind of coming out every week and a half, two weeks at the moment. So, uh, keep an eye out for it. Um, let me know if you dig them. Uh, going on to iTunes and rating it. Give me some five-star reviews. That would be great if you can. I've already got a couple up there. Uh, Jennifer Titans, thank you. Um, and DJ Hallucinate, thank you as well. Um, and yeah, anyone else, I'll give you shout-outs, all that kind of stuff. You leave that. It just pushes this podcast up a little bit, helps the bands we're interviewing because it gives them more exposure to people who may not have heard them before because uh, all the bands I interview are fantastic um, and they all deserve someone to listen to them um other than me uh, <laughs> but i know people are downloading because i see the statistics um so yeah if you if you uh don't mind leave me a five-star review that would be great uh and yeah so on to the interview so yeah this is rich from the band hacktivist enjoy <laughs> Welcome to this week's show. Uh, I've got a very special guest. Uh, I have Rich, the drummer from Hacktivist. Welcome. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm good, man. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Um, how are you today? Yeah, feeling good. Cool, cool. So um, we usually start off, I start off most of my interviews. Um, if you just want to give us some background on Hacktivist, because uh, some of my listeners may not have heard of you guys just yet. Um, uh, yeah, if you want to just give us a little bit of background. Yeah, sure. Um, we're a five-piece. Um, we uh, do, I guess you could call it crossover music, um, kind of taking elements of progressive and technical metal and elements from the kind of hip-hop and UK grime scene, putting it together, heavy vocals, clean vocals, rapping, guitars, grooves, everything. It's great fun. Nice. Nice. And uh, how long have you guys been around for? The whole thing kicked off in um, in 2011, actually. Um, it started off, um, it was just a kind of a side project thing of our uh, our guitarist, Tim. Uh, he was kind of between projects and between bands and stuff, and he was just doing some bits and pieces. and just grew into collabs and then full band from there. Cool, cool. So um, starting out in those, like, 2011 early times in gigging and stuff how did that um how did your sound because your sound is quite unique in the the crossover um uh, in the crossover world so to speak because we've obviously had like metal and hip-hop cross before and that was the sort of new metal movement back in the mid 90s early 2000s um so how did that initially the crowds sort of or the you felt like the people that came to see you take that progressive metal sound with the hip-hop was it uh, was it a battle for it, or did it did people generally gravitate towards it? Um, from the start, it was quite, um, I suppose, polarizing. I guess you could say mm-hmm. um, there were some people who thought it was amazing, and then there were some people who thought that it was destroying metal and all that stuff, <laughs> as usual. But I mean, that's kind of a given with any 
any new thing people try and do, there's always, you know, there's always the, the critics and the people who go absolutely mad for it as well. Um, I think at the time when we actually started gigging, it's when the whole um, gent thing was was really uh, at its peak. And so um, we actually managed to get on a few uh, kind of tech metal uh, festival bills and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, you could tell that the people who were really interested in the gen side of things, but were maybe more interest, uh, more used to hearing just the kind of heavy vocals all the time. Yeah. Uh, quite a lot of them really took to it, actually. Um, we find that often <clears throat> it's almost as if our band is like a gateway drug for some, uh, you know, different styles of music for, for listeners, because sometimes people have known about metal, but not really ever wanted to go to a gig or, you know, had a group of friends that wanted to go to a gig with them and check it out um, and vice versa with the people who are, you know, less knowledgeable about the other side. So we get fans of rap and stuff who say that we got them into metal a little bit and then fans of metal who say, actually, you know what, maybe I'll give rap a go. Yeah, no, it is a really good crossover because it's not something I see coming out of that particular genre. I mean, I've been aware of you guys for quite a while. I've um, had connections. I have connections back in the UK in the metal scene, but uh, through um, the various press agencies that send me music over the years, uh, mm. you guys you guys have been represented by them and um i've actually been after you for quite a while for an interview <laughs> so this is really cool so <laughs> well, better uh, not dis- disappoint then no no it's uh no it's really cool because um i i've heard like the likes of um elevate when that came out um I'm trying to think of the other tracks that i've got of yours that i had before this um the cover you did of jay-z and kanye westy uh in paris tong yeah um that was another one um and just stuff like that because i was a club dj back in the uk so sort of playing some of the gent stuff was okay kind of um you the early stuff like Meshuggah and sixth you kind of you know you can you can play that because they got there and then um some of the bands that came out of that genre like tesseract um exactly. architects um trying to think of some of the others i mean you've got periphery and all that periphery yeah periphery yep um another great band that uh, played at the, the at the rock clubs and then you guys came along and it kind of it did it swapped that it kind of changed the game almost on that front well, that's um, cool yeah, from kind of, a dj point of view definitely from, yeah from a basic because it, it, it brought it more to the um the main set if you will because a lot of the sort of gent stuff kind of lingered in the opening sets maybe sort of early night you know warm-ups yeah um it's weird talking about this in a rock club because it sounds like a like a dance club night, but yeah. um, that's the way we ran things. So that kind of stuff kind of sat at the start, and then you guys came out with with your sound, and it kind of it gravitated more towards the main set. Um, and yeah, it's it's just it was just such a like I, I don't know anyone else that's doing this either, or has has cottoned on to this particular um, sound that you guys have. Yeah, there are there are a couple of couple of people um, I've noticed doing somewhat similar things um, okay. as of uh, over the past couple of years. Mm. Um, but yeah, I definitely would agree that it's um, pretty few and far between people who are doing this sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, so uh, your time in the UK, obviously, um, I know it really well. From I was in a band for a few years. My listeners will know this. I. I mention it quite often um but um i was in a band for about 10 years in the uk so i know it can be a a, a difficult um a difficult way to rise up 
in yeah. in that scene uh obviously you guys have a, a unique sound um at this point um so how how was that for you how was that uk circuit for you up till now um it's been great yeah um i mean when we when we first started out in fact it was um it was really like all systems go it was like one thing to the next like quite step up quite a big step up every single time we did like one or two at the very start one or two sort of smaller like club gig type things yeah. then pretty much our third or fourth gig was like going off to as i was talk, uh, mentioning before like off to some of these um tech metal festivals and stuff and you know we're talking like gig four <laughs> for for a band that's uh, been playing a short while so it was um it was really good it was great. It was like going from one thing to taking the next step and the next step after that. And then, um, yeah, at the beginning, I think it really, it really took off quite quickly because there'd been so much of a buzz from when the band was much more of like an online unknown thing. Yeah. So once we had the band all together and we had our EP all, all finished up and we, you know, we had our set together, it was just like, yeah, as as I said, all systems go. It's just taken off. It was great. Nice, nice. That sounds it's it's nice to hear that like um, side of things because it is it can be a like a real tough um, egg to crack, if you will. Yeah, um, definitely. In the UK. I think and... We we were fortunate in that um, quite a few of the members uh, had already been in other projects as well. So, for example, um, Tim, our guitarist, and Ben, one of our vocalists, um, they were with the band. Uh, called heart of the coward oh yeah yeah and uh, obviously they're still around um and so you know we still get people coming up saying that oh yeah i've been following you guys since heart of the coward and all that stuff so i think we've certainly been fortunate um with uh like the start out it wasn't just like we were five mates from you know school days in a tiny village in the middle of nowhere trying to get you know tech metal slash grime out into the you know out from the countryside or something like that but um <laughs> yeah it certainly uh it certainly went quite well from the start yeah it was cool nice nice and what what were you were you in any um uh, projects before this or was it just sort of this was your first major one this was definitely my first major project yeah i've been i've been in other bands before um and i've you know done plenty of recording and playing and stuff like that um but yeah this is my first uh my first proper touring band for me so uh and also uh the other projects uh that i've been in before were definitely not in progressive metal so uh for me it was quite uh it was a an inviting challenge but it was <laughs> a um yeah i definitely felt like i had to prove myself at the start um especially coming from uh well especially as the band is coming out of milton Keynes, yeah um, the whole i mean there's been amazing music come out of there specifically in what could be defined as the whole gen or progressive side of things because yeah. you've got tesseract and monuments um and they both came out of uh, a milton Keynes band called felt silent yeah so yeah i've definitely felt like as the i felt like a bit like I guess the new new kid on the block in that in that sense. <laughs> nice, nice. Yes, I remember Milton Keynes. But yeah, no, a lot of bands came out of that kind of like um, that North London up to Milton Keynes area. Yeah, exactly. Um, back in back in when I was out and about, like um, obviously we had the likes of Sixth, 
Um, yeah. From um, old fathers from England, pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. And there was bands like oh, what are they called. I can see. I no. Can I remember their name? <laughs> yeah, Aconite Thrill was another one. Yeah. Kind of that kind of um, same genre, like sixth kind of sound, but more melodic kind of thing. So, right. Uh, and a f- there was a few others I can't remember in the time, but that was kind of a hotbed for a little while. And obviously, it's continued, kind of moved north slightly, but it's continued to be for that particular sound mm. um, and variations of it. Um, it's been particularly uh, uh, fruitful, if you will. So yeah, it's funny how it all kind of localizes in some yeah substances. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, at the end of the day, like from here, you say, "Oh, they're from London." <laughs> if you're living here, it's London. <laughs> Everything's London. Yeah, unless it's unless it's the Beatles, then that's Liverpool. So. <laughs> it's either London or the North. Yes, yes, that's it. Nowhere else. <laughs> so, um, you signed with um, right. I want to get this right. It's, did you sign with UF uh, UNFD, who are part yes. of, and, and did they then become part of Rise Records, or was that? Um, as far as I'm aware of the fine, fine details, um, it's that they're kind of partnered with Rise Records in the US in terms of distribution and stuff like that. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I, might be, I might be somewhat mistaken, but as far as I'm aware, that is, that's the relationship they have. Yeah, Unified, are a, they're an Australian company. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're branching out into, well, they have branched out into the rest of the world now. So um, yeah, it's great. So how, how did that come about? Obviously, you're in the UK and an Australian label approach. <laughs> Is that because um, I know they're they're I seen I've seen their roster. They've got the likes of Crossfaith, uh, Architects, um, Thy Art Is Murder, bands of that 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 genre. Yeah. Um, how did how did the uh, relationship start with you guys? Um, it was a bit of a I guess a bit of a coincidence. Um, we'd um, uh, we we went over to Australia um, a year or a year and a half ago. Um, and we played, um, Soundwave Festival and, um, I mean, we'd been, we'd been around for a a little while and obviously after we'd done the EP, uh, there was quite a lot of, uh, interest. Um, and so we'd had a couple of, uh, offers here and there from, from certain companies and things, but we were still at the point where we were able to keep momentum up, kind of staying independent kind of doing it our own just with our management. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when we went over to Australia, we actually, um, went to the unified, um, uh, like offices because they were actually at that stage, they were doing the distribution for our, um, for our EP over in that part of the world. So it was kind of like we, we'd got a bit of a relationship with them before. Um, and it kind of built from there. Um, as far as I'm, well, in terms of like actually being put in touch with um, the label, I'm pretty certain that it was actually uh, thanks to the band North Lane. Yeah, because yeah. they they're obviously on on their on that label and obviously an Australian band. But um, as far as I'm aware, they played the people from Unified our stuff and they liked it. Nice. That could be. I mean, that's what that's what i've heard is the case i need to i need to meet the i need to meet them and and chat to them about it um because yeah unfortunately i've not had the had the chance or the pleasure of uh gigging with uh north lane yet so it'd be cool to cool to pick their brains about that see see if there is a nugget of truth behind it 
And um, going from there, obviously, they um, they have a partnership with Rise Records, which is uh, a pretty big, um, I, I want to say independent label here. I don't know how independent they are, but they seem yeah. to they they seem to push new acts quite a lot. I mean, they've had they've got like um, bands that I've encountered anyway. Exotype, which is uh, one of their bands, uh, Paris, who are doing amazingly well right now. Yeah, um, Palisades are another band that I play frequently on my show. Um, oh, cool music show. So I, I have a good um, sort of not you know knowledge of them to mm. a point. Um, so what? What are their plans? Do you know if they have any plans for you to come over here uh, to the US to maybe, you know, tour or do... Because they, they seem to, like, their bands seem to just constantly tour. Every yeah, time I'm sure. looking at some of them, like Palisades, they've, they're constantly on tour. <laughs> I've, I've been trying to nail them down for an interview, but they're just constantly out on the road, so... <laughs> um, I, I'm not aware of a concrete plan to get us over to the US, like in the immediate future yeah, yeah um the fact that we've never been over uh i would definitely think that that's going to be a plan mm-hmm. um i mean we have we've got to get over to the us anyway uh, regardless and the fact that yeah we have a relationship uh well and we're you know being uh, put out there by uh, rise mm. i think that it's got to happen uh, i think we probably just need to make sure that it's the perfect moment to do so. Um, I think for us right now, we're trying to definitely sort of take the leap into um, like the next stage of touring and the next stage of our kind of uh, development as a band and um, things like that. So I think we didn't want to try and do anything too early because uh, obviously the other thing about going to the US in terms of being a European band is that you've got to pretty much try and do the whole of America unless you're going to go over and do, say, the East Coast and then come back and then go, go over and do the West Coast some other time yeah. or something yeah. like that. But, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a pitfall for European bands. Uh, if you do it too early, the chances are you might end up kind of shooting yourself in the foot by doing gigs and traveling that's just going to make your band go bust and you know you you obviously get a good fan base out there but um maybe you come back and it's going to be a a bit of a recovery is needed so i think we wanted to make sure that um the opportunity is going to be perfect so it's like perfect time perfect opportunity but yeah we've got to go over there yeah, because I, I was um, I recently saw the uh, announcement for the uh, one one festival I think you'd be great on would be the the Vans Warp Tour, um, ah. which obviously is that's kind of like a, a golden egg for a lot of bands. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, I just saw the announcement for that, and I thought of you guys because you're because a lot of Rise Records bands play that festival and yeah. tour it, go yeah, out that's, and tour it. Um, it's like perfect for Rise Records bands. Like obviously you got of Mice and Men and. Uh, like Memphis Mayfire, they're like almost a staple part of that yeah. festival yeah. these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there are, there are a few that, um, British bands doing a few legs of it this year as well, which is um, kind of nice to see. Mm. Um, so it's the more established bands like Bullet for My Valentine and uh, I think Bring Me the Horizon as well are, are playing it. Um, okay. So they're kind of like the a bit more established on the, on the British front. Um, but... It's um no, it's just a festival. I thought I I I could see you guys on. Um, 
but obviously you know the package has to be right for you guys to come over here I, you know because exactly. i've seen um tesseract come through here a couple of times um, yeah they have um uh, not actually able to actually go see them but i've seen their tour dates announced and i wanted to go see james and stuff who's their guitarist. yeah um and it, it was um it's nice to see that and obviously there's bands like uh like bullet who are doing okay here they've got their own run of shows but enter shikari yeah obviously uh, you guys have a good relationship with as well um yeah. they they've come through a couple of times they're playing the kind of um sort of uh mid-sized venues if you will so you know mm. the sort of like mini theaters stuff like that and um i mean you've got neck deep as well who are another U uk band yeah doing their doing their pop punk thing out there it seems yeah. like they're just raging they blew up yeah and uh young guns are another one that have uh seem to have taken here as well all right um, cool so they get they get a lot of radio play um and stuff like that so it's uh you know i turn on the rock rocks local rock station and it's uh it's owned by clear channel but it's kind of occasionally you get to hear bands from the uk which is always good by me so it's <laughs> yeah, of home for you it is just a little bit uh kind of seeing some people i used to know as well which is nice because uh, we've got skindred coming here oh yeah, man three four weeks and um them. they are they are and they're playing a local venue down here in tampa and um, well, i see that they're playing with soil yeah yeah that's it yeah so they're doing like a four date florida tour <laughs> so, <laughs> um but yeah well, we, why we, not yeah, exactly why if you can do it why not and um yeah it'd be good to see them because i haven't seen them um in a good well since i moved here basically so and uh, i gig with them quite a lot and book them a couple of times and stuff so well you have to say hi from me i will i will <laughs> from all everyone from here so yeah exactly that's all good so yeah um let's talk about your new album um it's called outside the box um it's out now on rise records and uh unified um yep and yeah let's talk about it so um how long did it take to get the album together because i know tracks like elevate got released um was it must have been a few years ago just as a free download i think yeah it was it was a while ago yeah and that tracks on the album but like how how long did the rest of it come to take you know how long did it take to get together really it was like uh it was it was a long working progress definitely um I mean, quite a lot of that is down to the touring and stuff that we were doing uh, at the very start, like I mentioned, mm. um, how it was all kind of like onto the onto the next thing immediately. So we didn't have very much time um, to really be sitting down and thinking about getting the next offering after the EP and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty pretty slow but sure. And I think once we'd uh, once we got the majority of the album together, um, we then actually sort of wanted to take a little bit more time, seeing as we weren't, in some cases we were, and in some cases we weren't rushed to put it out. I mean, obviously it had yeah. been ages since the EP, but in that uh, same respect, because it had been a while, we kind of had a bit more time to play with if we wanted it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was when we were able to really sort of make sure that all of the things were perfect uh, in our eyes. And, yeah, I mean, I think for everyone in the band, it's like there's no filler tracks. It's all just, yeah, all all big tunes, really. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I love the whole album. I was trying to pick out a couple um, that kind of stood out, but the whole album is actually a, a solid piece of work, which is a rarity. 
to be honest yeah. with you these days um because there's a lot of albums where i can pick the one two maybe three <laughs> tracks and yeah. not so fussed about the others but this this whole album um i mean i've been sort of rotating a, a couple of tracks on my show um okay. i think i played hate on the last show they taken oh. before that i played yeah. elevate back in you know back when that came out um when, yeah. and you know and and yeah there's just it's it is a um it is a solid piece of work. It's like, is it 12? Yeah. 12 tracks. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it is a really good album. I'm really enjoying it. Um, you've got a few guests on it as well. Um, yes. obviously taken, which I think is your, is it, it's your current single? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's the one we, uh, we released just before, just before the album, I think. Yeah. Just, and yeah. that was with, uh, Rue, uh, from Enter Shikari. Yep. Um, how did that collaboration come about? Cause obviously I know you toured with them as well recently as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've actually, we've had a, a really good relationship with um, Shikari for quite a few years now because, um, uh, well, we actually um, share the same um, management uh, company as well. Oh, so wow. that's kind of like a, when we when we started out um, with our management, uh, we were kind of thinking, oh, that would be interesting. Maybe we could get a, a couple of gigs with Shikari or something like that. But it turns out that um, when they'd done their, um, I believe is their third album, mm. um, the name escapes me right now, but um, they uh, they were doing a, a big a big old UK tour, and um, they actually took us out on the whole on the whole thing. Um, so for us as as a band, we'd done our own um, UK tour just before we released our EP. Yeah. Now, um, that was like our biggest tour to date when when we went out with them. Um, so yeah, I mean, and so that's like what 20, 2012, 2013? Yeah, around that. Um, so uh, yeah, we'd we'd obviously been on tours since with them and then there was like the odd festival here and there like we'd be on the same bill yeah um so yeah i mean at this stage especially with the management links um it's just like we're all just great buds um and so yeah with taken um that was one of the songs um that we were kind of like chopping and changing that definitely had a couple of facelifts as did hate it turns out mm. um so we were kind of playing with a few different ideas um, with that. And once we kind of had an idea of the theme of what the song was going to be about and what the kind of feeling behind the song was going to be, we, uh, yeah, we were thinking that we, we definitely needed like a, a real big epic chorus. And we f floated a few ideas around of like maybe we could get a collab on that one. Um, and yeah, Raoul was just one of the one of the obvious choices. I mean, in our case, he's like, he's a, he's in a, a massive band yeah. and yeah. yet we can still pretty much call on him like without going through management. Oh, cool. uh, so it was kind of like, well, that's the case pretty much with all of the, um, the collaborations actually, it was really quite an organic thing. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't like we had to sort of brainstorm very much and really think about like, who can we, uh, who can we ask that's not like punching above our weight or anything like that and who would actually do it. Mm. Um, it they all came really organically. And so, yeah, Raul um, sent like a, he just sent like a rough, a couple of rough ideas and things for, for that chorus. And it just, it just fitted so well. It was perfect. Nice, I think nice. we couldn't exactly imagine what specifically we wanted, but when, 
when he sent uh, his ideas through, it was just like, yeah, that's it. That's that's definitely the one. Excellent. That's that's a really nice, like organic way is the best way. You don't want it forced. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, but yeah, no, that's really cool because the other the other guest you've got on the album um, uh, on the opening track, uh, "Our Time," uh, is Marlon Hurley. Yep. Um, you've got "Deceive and Defy" with Jamie Graham. Yep. Uh, and track uh, "Rotten" featuring the Asteroid Boys and uh, is it Jot Maxi? Yeah. Is that right. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, it's quite a varied sort of guest list, if you will. Yeah. All different kind of um, styles and things. So, um, and it works, you know. And it's, yeah. it's good to see that kind of, because again, that's a kind of hip hop thing. Uh, yeah. Having a lot of collaborations on an album. Uh, it is a very hip hop thing. I mean, there's a few sort of like occasionally on metal albums, you get one song where you have a guest on. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's a rarity. I mean, I did it back with my band. Uh, on our second album, we had um, Yap from One Minute Silence at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, he did. He he gave us a couple of verses to stick on a track. So nice, yeah, because we toured with them for a little bit and stuff like that. So um, we kind of had that little bit of a relationship going with them, uh, mm-hmm. and it was it was kind of an organic one as well. So and it, it, it worked. And we did a back in our very early days, we did a cover featuring. Um, I don't know if you remember these bands. I don't know how well versed you are in sort of. The uk metal scene but it was a band called snub um okay. they're out of bournemouth and their singer um called choff uh-huh uh, he guested on a track with um paul catton who was a uh, medulla nocte singer murder one it's yeah yeah like uk sort of hardcore you know aggressive side of things and we did a cover of uh dancing in the street <laughs> <laughs> the bowie and uh jagger version of that yeah, song yeah. Uh, but we did that back. It was like on our like second uh, demo EP type thing. So, uh, and that was organic because at the time we were playing with those bands. So it was, you know, yeah. we just said, "Do you want to do it?" They were like, "Yeah." They were playing locally to us, so we dragged them to our like little like moldy studio and uh, <laughs> <laughs> got them to do those tracks. And it was uh, it was good fun. So, yeah, I mean yeah. that's that's definitely one of the best ways to do it. I mean because it just feels it feels right. It's got the right emotion as well. If you're if you're gigging with the guys or you know you've played with bands and stuff that are featuring on your on your tracks, it's often going to be the case that there'll be similar styles and you know things like that. So yeah, I mean yeah. why not? Yeah, exactly. That's all good. So how well has the um, album been received? Um, obviously, being here in the US, I don't see much of the sort of like localized press things like that yeah. but um how has it done for you so far because how long has it's it been out for it's been out for... it's been out since the 4th of march so almost a month so so oh. yeah yeah bordering yeah. on a month yeah yeah um well i'm i'm not sure about numbers and all that stuff oh, yet uh, yeah not i'm not it's not the numbers i'm worried about on the south <laughs> <laughs> it's more it's just more like the press reaction fan reaction stuff like that yeah so. reception it's been great yeah i mean uh certainly from the fan point of view um people who were already our fans uh you know and wanting an album mm. since uh since the ep and all that um they were across the board we've just been saying that it's you know it's what they wanted it's the is the perfect follow-on from the ep and it yeah it's um you know like evolved the sound and stuff so obviously that's that's what we wanted to deliver um i mean regardless we love the album but it's great that the people who are following us also have reacted well to it um and then yeah in terms of the press we've got um we've had some quite some good good reviews um we uh we were over we were in um kerrang and and metal hammer magazines over here um 
and yeah got some we got uh like articles uh on the band and also reviews of the actual album itself so yeah that was we got some really nice coverage nice um, and they all seem to be overly positive as well that's always good is always good um, so yeah you just, you just, like the, the next thing is to follow it up so <laughs> it's exactly. like, that's 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 the big the big challenge right there so that is but uh, cool and and what are the uh band's plans going forward from today have you got any tours planned out um anything special coming up yes um i'm trying to remember what we have and haven't announced yet but um uh, (laughs) there are a lot of things in the works um one some things that i can definitely talk about uh in the uk we're playing um heavy fest nice and we're also playing slam dunk uh festival which i've actually been really keen to play for ages yes um, so really looking forward to that. In May, we're going on um, tour supporting uh, Issues, who, again, Rise Records. Yep. Um, and then we have some plans to go off to uh, go to Russia and then a couple of other things somewhat further afield. Um, but those are the ones which I can't really... Yep. speak about because it's all it's still yet to be confirmed and signed and dotted lined and all that nice but um yeah just cool so yeah that that <laughs> slam dunk festivals um it looks like a pretty good festival actually uh i had the opportunity to play it in the early days um, wow. unfortunately i couldn't do it and the band went on and played without me because uh, i was oh. kind of a hired um a hired gun if you will for this band because uh, it was after my main band split and um they needed uh, a dj uh, in the yeah. band they were kind of like a rap metal uh group and um i was uh available because i've been a dj in a band previously and mm. uh that was a date i couldn't do and apparently <laughs> it was just like it was an amazing show to play yeah it was just one of those things where i'm like why didn't i just but you know if i couldn't do it, i couldn't do it i'd had other commitments but um yeah i mean in, in some ways it's almost on a well it's definitely on a much smaller scale but in yeah. some respects it's almost like the uk's answer to like the forerunner of the vans warp tour yes. kind of yeah. yeah i mean obviously yeah. we're talking vans warp tour is the entire of america yeah and now slam dunk has grown to like three dates yeah but obviously the whole of the uk can fit in you know state probably the size of florida anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like playing tallahassee and orlando and what one other place yeah tampa <laughs> yeah uh-huh. <laughs> uh, um yeah no it definitely does feel that way because i've seen it like evolve from that just that one date in london at um one of the random kind of venues in london and then kind of like grow to where it is now you say it's like three dates it's like london leeds and uh, yeah, it's Hatfield, Birmingham, and Leeds. Yeah, so it's it's kind of it's going that way, and I hope it does because the, yeah. the the UK does miss that that warp tour because it used to come through. Uh, it used to be part of uh, Reading Festival. Oh right, yeah, there was the there was a UK uh, sorry a Europe uh, warp tour um, that we were on actually a year or so ago. But yeah, there was like I'm pretty sure it was the one date in the UK. Yeah, and it was like off to europe yeah they used to it used to be the the punk day at the um at the reading festival um back in when it was just reading festival not reading and leeds yeah yeah the vans warped to a stage where it was just like one stage in a tent uh and i saw some great bands on that 
because it was obviously it was independent from the festival. It had its own oh, you know, right. run of headliners. It was in the festival, but it was, you know, it was managed by Warp Tour. So yeah, yeah bands like uh, I'm trying to think of the bands that played. Probably things like um, No Effects, things like that that kind of came through. With <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, all uh, the classics. Yeah, Australian band called Twenty Eight Days, which I really sort of gravitated to. Um, but they're unfortunately no longer. But they're um, they were a great band, sort of like kind of punk hardcore type thing. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, it definitely does miss that kind of festival because we had like Ux Fest as well. Don't know if you're aware of that festival? Uh, no. It used to be in Uxbridge every year. It was um, oh, right. one of the youth centres, and it was uh, it was an amazing festival to play. A lot of bands uh, grew from it. A lot of bands played it. You had the like sixth played it in the early days, headlined it in the end as well. Um, and uh, just just a whole host of bands sort of came out of that um, at the time. Uh, so it was like it was like an all-ages festival as well. Oh, right, yeah. And that was the key for it because it was available to the younger crowd who can't normally get into these shows. Mm. Um, it was seeing those bands. I'm just trying to remember, like, bands headline at Stamping Ground. Remember okay. that was like a UK hardcore band. Um, yeah, yeah. And I played it twice. Um, both times were just amazing. You know, you don't expect a reaction, but it was one of those festivals where you got the reaction regardless. <laughs> <laughs> so it was crazy, but it was um, it was really good. But yeah, no, that that slam dunk festival is a uh, that's one I'm keeping an eye on just to see how well it does. So yeah, hopefully it'll yeah. keep on keep on building. Yeah, no, it's really cool. So um. Yeah, I've got a couple more questions. Uh, yeah. Just sort of some generic ones. Um, just for, for you know, get a bit more of a profile on yourself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so um, three, I want your three sort of top albums that kind of shaped the way, the musician that you are or person that you are or both. Oh, man. Um, okay. <laughs> it's a tough one. Uh, most people go for like, you know, the one that they first heard that got them into something, the one yeah, that kind of yeah. stuck with them through, say, college, and then, you know, one from today sort of thing. Well, one of um, one of the ones that was definitely gateway into me wanting to play, like, double double kick drum, like, metal, was um, uh, City of Evil, which was the uh, album from Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah. Um, yep. I remember I was in a I was in a band with some friends of mine at school. I was like fifteen or something, and um, yeah, my mate who was the guitarist lent it to me. And uh, I'd previously, obviously, I'd heard you know like Maiden and Metallica and all that stuff, yeah, but um, yeah. because I mean none of my none of my mates were really fully into like proper metal that was current at that stage. That was like my first taste of, um, you know, that side of things. So I think, yeah, definitely city of evil that shaped me. And also, yeah, I mean, their drummer, their, well, their first drummer, the rev, um, he was just ridiculous. Um, he was really musical as well. Um, because obviously at that stage there was um the debate was always between people like Joey Jordison or Travis Barker in terms of the drum world. Mm. And I thought that the Rev had all the qualities of Joey Jordison, but more musical. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, that definitely that's one. Um, let's see. I'm going to say uh, "Talking Book" by Stevie Wonder okay. because um, "Superstition." Um, I'm not sure whether or not that was the track that made me want to play drums in the first place back in the day um 
and I mean, obviously, that's just a, a killer groove, anyway. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then one other album, okay, would have to be something like "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket" by Blink, just because. Um, I mean, obviously, they're they're a huge band, and they contributed to loads of other bands in general. But um, yeah, I mean, cool. Well, that's quite a varied selection there as well. So you've got kind of like straight up metal with Avenged Sevenfold. You've got the Stevie Wonder, which is more Motown and R&B. Yep. And then you've got your sort of like punk side of things with Blink-182. And it's, you know, that's a good, you know, it's a good sign from, you know, a musician's point of view to be varied, you know, across genres. And obviously being a drummer as well, you're kind of, you know, you, it's good to know the various grooves that you can create with the drums because there are a lot of drummers that just hit <laughs> time. They're there yeah, to keep time. That was um, But you had like the Rev, who, like you said, is musical with the drums, mm. uh, which is a rarity. So, and that's also the case. That was why I was um, saying the Blink one as well, because obviously Travis Barker did yeah. the whole. He really flipped the whole pop punk thing on its head. Yes. I mean, regardless of what people think of him, whether he's like overrated now or whatever, uh, at the time he definitely changed. Like he changed that. Yeah, change the game. No, he's he's one of the he's one of the pivotal musicians within genres. I I still feel that. Um, I don't think he's been classed as overrated. I think, uh, it's just more of a I don't know if there's a stigma with Blink One Eighty Two anymore, yeah, or not because I know they're going through various transitions and stuff. But Travis yeah. Barker, um, he worked with a lot of bands. Um, yeah, through well, the I mean, years and the they... bats when he joined, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and you know, bats are on. Yeah, it was um, it, like I. I the aquabats thing was you know one of those things where, like i watched their tv show with my kids and um, <laughs> and um i didn't realize he was actually in the band at one point until i looked it up because i like to because there's a few sort of kids shows that i've um watched with my kids and um not on my own at all but <laughs> but anyway i mean back to travis barker he's um yeah he's he's an incredible drummer and the few projects that he's been in that he's worked on um have just been great especially like just for what he brings to a lot of bands and stuff you know he can yeah. he can bring that 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 factor you need to to make your music stand out mm. and um being musical with the drums is key uh i've i've kind of always maintained that through the years um mm. i've known a lot of like metal drummers who have been kind of just like solid drummers and it is just like keeps in time um yeah. with very little flair or anything like that but uh, like I say, the Rev was very like that. I think um, uh, the Dream Theater was it Portnoy, Mike. Yeah, it? Mike Portnoy. Yeah. yeah, and the amount of drums he has, but he, like able to actually, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, and actually play songs with the drums, not just yeah. the drum track to the song. You can kind of hit, you know, you tune your drums right, and mm. you know, because I think that's another thing a lot of drummers sort of miss out on is tuning their drums. Yeah, so that's one thing that's rarely mentioned, but it just makes sense. Yeah, but no, no one realizes. They think they just tighten the skin. And it's just that sound, and it makes the you know depending on the depth of the 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 tom or the snare or whatever. Um, Even down to the bass drum, if you you can go really really in depth into it. I mean, more when you've got a bass drum that resonates, uh, you know, for like things like jazz and stuff. Yeah, really can actually make a full on like what like a a proper chord out of out of the different voices of the the snare, two toms, and a and a bass drum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it's just uh, it's just one of those things that I think is slightly missed uh, on a lot of a lot of music these days because um, there is a lot of um, uh, oversampling 
as yeah. well of drums like in the studio they'll put a sample like the drummer's playing but it's just um use like they, they've got a drum sound you know yeah. they want to have and it kind of that's what i feel takes away from a lot of a lot of music as well that i listen to um these days it kind of zaps the soul out of it because you can go back and you can listen to some classic albums and mm -hmm. you, you feel the music and you listen to albums today that um you know and it, it kind of it could have that but it doesn't quite have that um that sound to it you know yeah. that, that 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 extra like i don't know if it's a live sound but you know it's kind of you can almost tell if you're if you've got a trained ear anyway you can tell if it's a process sound or not yeah you know so it's kind of it's, it's a really good tool um, because of the way the music scene is these days, particularly for bands. Like yeah. if you're in particularly metal bands, if you're in a metal band, um, it's really easy to get a really good sound out of using the samples. And also if you're in a band where one of the music, one of the members in particular is like good at producing and doing that whole side of the music thing, and it's actually a way that you can get really quite far really easily and without having to fork out loads and loads of money. Yeah. yeah. But then if you if you kind of go further into it, it's it then becomes less of a tool, more of like a cheat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, can the drummer play that? You know, it's like I guess um if you if you program something in You've got to make sure that it's exactly what you're going to be playing or, yeah, or yeah. exactly your part um, because yeah. then, uh, yeah, otherwise that's definitely a pitfall. And I guess that's that's got to be, that's that's a contributor, I think, to people not having the knowledge about the whole drum tuning thing because it's like, oh, yeah, we'll go in the studio and I'll put I'll put down my part, I'll, write, I'll, I'll play down my part, but it's okay because they're going to, you know, pretty much sound replace the majority of it anyway yeah. And, yeah. and get it get it all clicked into place in in the grid and all that stuff yeah um so yeah i think it's it's good if you can use it as a tool but you definitely need to have you, your knowledge about your instrument i mean that goes across the entire board of of instruments but definitely yeah. it's the uh, same like the, the auto tune you can use it to clean up yeah vocal lines but don't just guarantee you know rely on it the fix, yeah, yeah. To fix everything. Or use it as some crazy effect. Yeah, there is that too, and a lot, a lot of people do that. But it's, yeah, it's just, um, yeah. Not that I, you know, I, I don't damn on people using it. It's just like you say, it becomes the way after a while, and yeah. it becomes the part of the work process. Whereas I feel a lot of these things were developed uh, more for just tidying up recordings. Yeah, um, definitely. Like back when, um, I mean, I was taught like audio recording on a reel to reel, so. My editing was make them do it till they do it right and then <laughs> cut it with a razor blade and tape it back together if there was a section I didn't want in there. <laughs> nice. You know, so I'm that old. But um, <laughs> cool. So, yeah, um, last question. Um, what are your hobbies away from the music? So what do you do to sort of, if you can, get away from music or unwind and whatnot? Um, uh, it's really weird, but just more music. It's it's I, I, music is both my hobby and my job and my career. Really, okay. I don't um, I don't really play sports. Um, I used to be into martial arts and sports when I was uh, a bit younger and had a bit more time. But um, yeah, I think 
in terms of getting getting away from for me it's it's not getting away from being saturated in music or immersed in music it's making sure to keep it varied um so for example um like activist that's um that's really full on at the moment Mm. but i'm still able to keep on teaching um i've got some pupils um you know like private pupils back back here and also um i do like one day a week teaching in a local school Um, and also i'm in a couple of function bands as well so and and those have been long-standing uh projects as well um like one of the function bands I'm in, uh, I've been playing in since I was in sixth form, still at school back when I was like 17, 18. Nice. I stayed together as a group. So, yeah, I think for me, I don't really have too many hobbies other than music. Um, but it's just, yeah, different, always trying to get into some different side of music like if i'm if i'm playing a lot of metal i'll be listening to a lot of jazz or if i'm listening to a lot of jazz and playing a lot of jazz i'll be practicing metal or you know hip-hop and just looking into looking into who's new or you know what haven't i delved into and you know this sort of thing just exploring nice nice Um, that's really cool because like a lot of say i do ask musicians this and quite a few of them say i'm just doing music that's it you know i spend a lot of time in the studio and like yourself you're out playing in function bands and stuff like that and you're trying out different uh different genres sort of keeping it fresh yeah um, and there are some people that just say i just go out for a run or i play video games you know yeah so, yeah you know, and that's like that's all cool so yeah so it's really good to know that you, you sort of you've made a career from being a musician which is again it's kind of a rarity in today's market um, it is you know so it's kind of and you're able to be versatile as well and as a drummer that's amazing because you know you get a lot of drummers i just play metal (laughs) and then you you know i just play jazz but little you know it can be entwined it can almost be you know there's not too much difference between the two yeah just a swing of things you know so i mean especially if you start swinging your uh start swinging your metal then uh, (laughs) all of your all of your jazz licks in as well yeah you get that jazz gent thing going on yeah <laughs> cool well rich thank you for your time um it's a pleasure it was good talking to you yeah it was great talking to you as well good luck with the uh the album and the and the projects you have coming up as well uh the tours and whatnot and um yeah i hope to see you over here one day um yeah, yeah thank you very much yeah i'm no. definitely eager to get over to the u.s is yeah. just whenever it happens it's going to be full on i'll keep an eye out. obviously i'm i'm on the uh, pr mailing list and stuff but i'll cool. keep an eye at local venues and stuff see if you're coming through so brilliant cool all right rich well um again yeah thank you for your time and um yeah have a good one yeah you too man take it thank easy bye bye see ya so there we have it uh, i'm not going to ramble too much on the end here uh just saying Check out my radio show Tuesday nights on Total Rock at 11 p.m. UK time, uh, 6 p.m. East Coast right here. Uh, and on Saturdays on the mix.fm, that's M-I-X-X dot F-M, uh, midnight Eastern time, about 5 a.m. UK time if you're up that late. Uh, and you can work out your time zone accordingly for those. Or it's on demand on mixcloud.com forward slash DJ Force X. Go listen to it. Go stream it. Leave some comments, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, until next time, this is DJ Force X, out.